microphone. We'll hook up the microphone here. Welcome, everyone. It's good to see you. It's good to be back here at Laurel Hill. Thank you for giving us a, a week and a couple days off as we were traveling across the country. It's a long ways between here and Chicago, in case you didn't notice that or didn't know that. Uh, as Debbie and I were traveling, we kept thinking, gosh, you know, you can get on an airplane right here in Charlottesville and be in Chicago in about an hour and 15 minutes. But when you decide to drive it by highway, it takes a lot longer than that. <laughs> but we were blessed. We had a great time away. And uh, we did watch the service last week. I heard Brother Samuel say, if Pastor Bruce is watching this, and we were. And so uh, what a great ability to just be able to be in another place and have the technology of watching uh, the service and feel like you're here. So again, hats off to Christy and Hamp. And uh, thank you, Missy, for that song uh, and just the ability to be able to give the message out to those of you that can't be with us this morning. Uh, we miss you certainly, but we want you to be safe and do what you know is best. And even those who are, who are watching from a distance, uh, we appreciate you tuning in this morning. You are going to be very, very blessed as we have Brother William Washington with us, who is the founder and now the director and uh, servant, as he likes to say, of the Bridge Ministry in Buckingham. A wonderful, wonderful ministry. Some of you probably have heard of it. Uh, you've certainly heard me mention it. Um, it is a ministry that is geared towards helping men uh, find their place in life again who have been struggling with various addictions and life struggles. And uh, just a fantastic hands-on ministry. I was telling Brother William just a little bit ago that what I love about the ministry is that it's not just words. It's actually hands-on ministry, giving people an opportunity to step back into life. And uh, so I personally feel blessed to have Brother William here and Brother Jay, who's a friend of mine from a long time. Uh, you know Brother Jay James, uh, Brother William's son-in-law, married Brother William's daughter, that's right, so he's stuck with him now, and that's a good thing, but you probably heard of Brother Jay, he's with, uh, has a morning show on WINA Radio, and uh, certainly the voice of the sports for UVA Sports, and uh, does a fantastic and obviously called for that purpose, but been working with the Bridge Ministry for lots of years now. About you just had an eight-year anniversary, right, Jay? Was it eight or nine years with Bridge? Around that time, yeah. So, um, anyway, Brother William's going to come and and share what God has put on his heart. We were so blessed this morning. Uh, kind of wish the service just kind of continued on, but you're going to get the as much of a blessing today as he comes. So, Brother William, come and share what the Lord's put on your heart. We're glad to have you here. Good morning. good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. As the uh, pastor have shared with you, I'm um, I'm just so grateful to God to be with you today. These are wonderful opportunities today. You know, today is uh, the opportunities God have given us to to allow our faith to be seen, the mercy of God to be unveiled. You know, this is the time for the believer. Hallelujah. Amen. I know sometimes it don't feel like that, but it is. It is. Where evil abound, grace much more abound. And the abounding grace of God is in us to accomplish more than what we can imagine. But in a time we got uh, an enemy that's uh, trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out for your faith. He want to steal our faith in God, our trust in God, our belief in God. And he'll do it in pro using practical things, things that counts for nothing, counts for nothing. Uh, he will use these things to try to get us to focus more on that than we focus on God. As long as we focus on God, you know, we win. Because Jesus already won. Amen. So we, we're not trying to... Uh, uh, get an understanding or present uh, an argument of the, the, uh, the victory of the cross. Our job is to live out the victory. See, we already have the victory. We just have to live it out. We have to live it every day. And 
I don't know you have come to this place, but I have. Talking about it is not going to change the situation. Talking about the victory of the cross is not the power of the cross. It's, what, it's the way we live, the way we move, the way we have our being. That's the victory of the cross. So the conversation have to go beyond. It can, it can motivate us, but it have to get to a place that the motivation of it is living it, receiving the word. And as we receive the word, the power of the word will change the things that sometimes what we call a challenge, but for God is nothing but an opportunity. I'm here today as a, just a servant to pray that I can share the heart of God that's working in me. You know, the, the word that I have received, that it will become an unveiling today that someone will be encouraged to see the power of God is not only moving, but is waiting for those who are ready to receive it. Will you pray with me? Father God, in the name of Jesus, the first, I just want to rest in your presence. Not to come to do a job, but to have fellowship with my God. Just to talk about the, the love that you have given, the mercy, Lord, and not only you have given it yesterday, but your word say it's greater today. So as we enter into this place, Lord, I, I pray for the freedom to follow, not to lead. Because, Lord, if I lead, your people are going to hear about me. But if I follow, your people are going to hear about you. That's why we're here. We want to be encouraged from you. Lord, what do you have to say in this wonderful opportunity you have given us in our world today? What eyes you want us to see from what ears you want us to hear from? Because if we see it according to your way, just like the victory on the cross, it's the same victory we have here today. The victory we have in our country, the victory we have in our opportunities, according to your will, your way. So again, we say, come Lord Jesus, take your rightful place, the kingship over all, in all, and hopefully God, work through all. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So I wanna to talk to you this morning about achieving and receiving. Achieving and receiving. And I believe in learning over the last 30 years, and this is, this is my, I feel like I'm in my beginning stages of learning about God. Uh, I'm learning the receiving part is so important, you know, to receive the word of God. And the way we receive it, within mind or in heart, in the beginning, I have to be honest with you, I received the word of God within my mind. I want to learn more about him. The same way I was taught in school, I, I believe that's the same way I'm supposed to be, understand God. But I come to find out that's a whole different type of teaching in God. What seemed to be right with man is wrong with God. And I'm learning that more and more. So I, you know, I've... I sat down and I got my books and I studied faithfully like God, the word told me to study. But I, the study that God was, was teaching me was uh, the study of my mind, was the study of my heart. See, the word supposed to not so much reveal God, the word is designed to reveal me. I want to take my time on that one. See, I was trying to figure out God, and I didn't realize the word was designed to figure out me. So I just need to start to looking at it. And when I started learning what was in my heart, the more I invite him in, he started to show me things that was in there, things that were stopping me from loving him the way he wanted me to love him. Things was in there to stop me from honoring him in the ways that he wanted me to honor him. So no longer the word was a, about me trying to figure out how to explain God. The word was all about God trying to use the word to explain me. 
First, that I was a falling vessel. And I needed help. And his grace was sufficient for that help. And the sufficiency of it was through the cross. Confess with my mouth. Believe in my heart that Jesus Christ have died for my sin. From the confession of the mouth, believing in the heart, a man enter, a woman enter into salvation. When I start to understanding that I, I start to applying it, not just confession with my mouth, but my heart had to accept Jesus too. And that took a while. I confessed with my mouth for a long period of time, but I remember when he entered into my heart. That was a testimony beyond the testimony. I knew he was there. I know my Redeemer lived. Why? Because he lived within me. I know when that time come, my ticket is straight to heaven. I know where I'm going. My sheep, they hear my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. I know where I'm going. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm bound to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to his name. So, we, even with Christ, when you go back and look at Christ, Christ could only give what he was willing to receive from God. And he explained that to us in the book of John. He, he said in the book of John, he said this. He said, truly I tell you, the son, the man can do nothing without the father. He can do nothing only what he see the father do. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. So the first thing that when we accept Jesus Christ, that's a death to us and a life to him. If you really want to see the true power of God, it's not with you, it's without you. That was good. That was good, right? See, we want God to work with us. God wants to work without us. And that's hard to understand because, well, he's using me, Pastor Washington. No, he's supposed to be using your son. I mean, excuse me, he's supposed to be using his son. That's what, that's what he's focused on. He's focused on his son because his son is the only one he's pleased with. He never said, you know, I'm God the Father. I'm well pleased with William Washington. You're not going to find it in his word. He said, he's, he said, this is my son who I am pleased with. So God is always looking for his son. He's looking for his son. He's looking in you. Is his son living in you? Is his son moving in you? Do his son have the being within you? You know, when you speak the words, do you speak the mercy of his son? Do you speak the forgiveness of the son? Do you speak the hope of his son? You know, I, that's what God is looking for. And then he said, I will open the windows. If I see that, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. I will make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I will give you an understanding and a power over this world that the world cannot stand against you, that it will bow down to you. But the question that God has for is, do, do I see my son? When them hard times come, do you reflect my son? When it's so easy to be separated, segregated, when I see my son. When them times come when, when we, we, we stand on our righteousness and not on his mercy. Where I see my son. That's what God looking for right now. God has not challenged what was going on in this world. This is opportunity for God. It's nothing but opportunity. Go back and read the word. If God can part a Red Sea, he can get us to get the people to walk through a muddy Jordan. Surely. Come on here, somebody. Surely. So we, we need to get back focused, not on so much what this world trying to lead us to believe, what we know report we're supposed to be believing. Who report that you're going to believe? 
For we, as the church, supposed to believe the report of the Lord. And that report of it is victory. <laughs> victory in Jesus. That's what we have. So when, when God gets to a place and when he started seeing his son, you, you, you'll start to seeing the, the things started changing. Now God knew everything was coming. He knew it. And he allowed it. By no means I believe God did this. But God loved to take advantage of the enemy opportunities. He loved to take advantage of them. I always call him, I call him like, it's like a recipe for God. God take the weakness of man, you know, the things that the enemy, he put all of it together. And next thing you know, this recipe, he put all of it together and then he started serving it out as what we call testimony. You know, he did that for me. I was raised up in a family that my mother and father was alcoholics and my father came in one night intoxicated and um, he, we got into some words and uh, my baby sister and I was going back and forth and she was trying to take my tablet away from me. I was trying to do my homework, which was a good thing. But he walked in at the right moment, the moment that he could be used by the enemy because of the intoxication and, and he pulled out his gun and shot me. And I, I, uh, I survived that and ran away from home. I went through a lot. Experienced a lot of things at age of 14. I seen things that young men shouldn't see. Got involved with stuff that was awful. But God took all of that and he started to, my pain started to being his glory. He started putting all of it in a pot. And it took a few years. But finally, God said, what looked to be defeat, I'm going to build a bridge. And I'm going to give you the opportunity, the same way the enemy deceived you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to turn it all around. And those he was deceiving, the way they deceived you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to change their life. See, when we really embrace God with our hearts, we'll start to seeing the opportunities, what seems to be, you know, just too much or, or the challenges of the world. It's nothing but the opportunity that God wants to do something in you to show you that's a bridge waiting to be built in you. So the enemy, he, he got the same tools, you know. Anger is one of the ones he used the most. The Bible teaches what anger do to us. The Bible says anger rests in the bosom of fools. Which meaning is, God trying to tell you, when we operate in anger, we'll do foolish things. We'll think in foolish ways. You know? You know, the anger of man will not bring forth the righteousness of God. So we never get in the right place with anger. Let me say that again. You will never get in the right place with God with anger. You know? I understand that the scripture also say anger but sin not. But that's, that's a little small pocket right there. You can't, we don't use that that often. Anger is not something you want to play around with. Because you know, anger don't have boundaries. One minute you're healed, you, you're righteous with it. Next minute you're just wrong with it. So, you know, try not to use that that often. You know, sometimes the scriptures become our excuse and not so much the reality of God. Somebody say amen. 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 I have used that one, you know. I have definitely used that scripture in my own favor, but it does not bring forth the righteousness of God. Um, so what is God looking for? What is God really looking for? God is looking for himself. He's not even looking for his son. He's looking for himself because his son is the image of him. So when God can find himself, then he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Then you will be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Then you can do all things through his son who have strengthened you when he see himself. Because his son is nothing but a reflection of him. So what we're looking for. So 
So we're looking for, God looking for, what is God looking for? God looking for the mercy of his son. In Hosea 6, 6, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice and acknowledgement rather than burnt offerings. That's what God looking for. His word will let us know what he's looking for. Say, God, what do you want? Well, go back to his word. For his word is a lamp unto my feet, the light unto our path. We are Christians. We need our manual. How to live. How to move. How to have our being. You know, somehow or another we look at the situation and say, I'm just going to deal with the issues. No, I need to turn back to God. You know, when God gave me a vision, in the beginning of my years, when God gave me a vision, I used to run after it. And the Bible tells you, run after the vision. But that's, that's not what it meant. <laughs> That's what my understanding was. But when I started seeking him by the spirit, when God gave me a vision, the first thing I do, I have some understanding of it because he have touched something in my heart with that vision, something I wanted to do for him. So now I don't turn towards the vision. I turn towards the visionary. God, what do you want me to do with this? Now, I know I can start the running, but I will start my walk off with Christ and eventually I'm going to go back to the old Gentile ways. So I don't want to go back to the old Gentile ways, so I'm going to turn to you, and I'm going to get the information and making sure I can keep going because I want to be successful for you. I want to win for you. I want you to know when I put my hands to the plow, I don't want to look back. I want to keep going. Come on here, somebody. So I'm going to, I need to ask you, what is going on here? And I know one of the things that you're not calling me to do to use the tool of hate. I know it. Don't matter how bad it looks or how tough the situation is. Hatred is not in your vocabulary. And I know that. Why? Because I know my father. I know my father. The sheep that hear my voice a stranger, they will not follow. Hate is a stranger. Hate is a stranger. And I will not follow it. It have nothing to do with my Christian faith. Nothing. The forgiveness of his son. The forgiveness of his son. Yes, in the beginning, at the age of 14, things happened to me. But when I got out there, I did a lot of bad things. I was led wrong, but when I got out there, I, I did things to survive that men shouldn't do. So, I, you know, I, I could justify myself, say, God, well, at the age of 14, this happened. But I still needed his mercy, just like my father needed his mercy. The book of John 8, 7. And when they kept on questioning him. And he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you without sin cast the first stone. That was one of the worst situations a person could be in. This lady had committed adultery. And they were ready to stone her to death. And God had mercy even for that. How much more he had mercy for this. Mercy is waiting. And it's waiting on the believer. Mercy is waiting. And it's waiting on the believer. The one that all of us should know well is the love of his son. God is looking for the love of his son. This should be a familiar scripture to you. John three sixteen. Yes. The beginning scriptures when we, we become a Christian, uh, that's 
some of the scriptures we first learned. Well, I did anyway. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, his only, let me say it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For whoever believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He gave his best for us. He gave his best. A holy God. Never sinned. All powerful. Gave his only begotten son. How much more are we supposed to give in a time like this? How much more? as believers to walk out of the opportunities through the doors of opportunities today and give the mercy of God we can turn this around so easily Isaiah 60 talk about the darkness all around us but also it says the light is in you yes darkness is around us but the light of God is in us and we can change anything in the name and the glory of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So now with this information and understanding, going back and just today getting a fine-tuning of our faith, because that's what we need. Because we get out there sometimes and the wind start to blowing and, you know, and the storm start to come in, coming against us. And next thing you know, we're responding to the wind and we're responding to the storm. But in every storm, there is an our peace that we can rest in. And that's our God. And we got to go back to him and saying, God, I want to respond to these storms. And, 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 and Lord, it's raining so hard here and all this different weather is coming against us. What do we do? The Bible teaches us, call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord. Call on his name. The Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That he will be there with us. That we don't have to follow evil, separation, hatred. These are the tools of the enemy. We need to get back to God. Not God of the mind, but God of the heart. God got to stir our hearts again. Because our intellectuals think and saying we have to do this to protect ourselves. No. My protector is God. And protected God. And even if he wants to use my ability, my protector still is God. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. As the body of Christ, if our hands is on the plow and we're getting a little weak and want to look back, I say to you, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Your blessing is on the way. Sometimes when, you, when you're walking through the valleys of the shadow of death, you know, I always thought the valley of the shadow of death was something was against me. I believe the valley of the shadow of death is something revealing me. It's not that death is coming against me. It's the death that's in me that need to come out. So I have to walk through those valleys. Because it, it was something was coming against me. Christ already took care of that. But he's trying to get that death out of me, the way I think. As a man think of, so is he. He want to get, get this, these, these things that, that happen to me. Sometimes the fear of being rejected, that's one was really deep inside of me. I had to go through a lot to get rid of that. Because I didn't trust God with it. Every time, you know, I, I hold on to that fear. That fear became a comfort for me. No longer was a challenge, it became a comfort. Because, because in order to, to get rid of it, I had to step out of it and do something different. So every time when I had to step beyond my fear, I, I put up that sign. But my father, 
I was shot at the age of 14. And what I didn't realize, at the age of 30, I, I still had it. And as I started talking to God and fellowshipping with God, and he started working in my heart. As I was sharing with you, the word started working in. He started to point those things out. When are you going to let go of that fear, William? Well, the Father already did. Look what, look what we're doing together. We're going to build the bridge. We got a church. People getting saved. Excuse me, Father, what are you complaining about? My God, pride is a blindful thing. The justification of pride is unbelievable. And I remember being in Christ Community Church and the pastor was up there preaching and you know, I was at a place that I I felt like I have arrived, and, you know, he was saying things that I was familiar with. I was like, well, I'm going to go on home and, you know, do my Sunday duties. And so I got up right at the end of the service, but the service was not over. And I got in my truck, and I went down the road about a half a mile. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, go back. And I kind of played it off like I didn't hear that, but I did. (laughs) And then he said it a little more loud, go back. And I stopped the truck and turned around and I went back. And I, in frustration, came into church and sat there. You know, you know I had my church face on. You know, you always want, I want everybody to see what's going on in, on the inside. So I had my church face on and I sat there. And the Lord said, let it go. Like What? Then he said it again, let it go. And all at once, I could feel his hand just squeezing my heart. And it just, it was one of the most powerful moments in my life. I don't even know how I got to the altar on my knees. I can't even remember. But I was up in that front and it just, it was just pouring out of me. That fear was coming out. And I was just thanking him. And it's, it was evidently, it, it affected a lot of people, hopefully in a positive way of coming to the altar. But uh, the next week, I got a call from the pastor and said, can you come in to meet with me? And I'm like, okay, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and he said, William, uh, what's going on? Because he used to meet me on a regular basis. And he said, what's going on? John Mazzano, my, my pastor. And I said, Pastor, I had a, a private moment in a public place. I prayed that for you, if necessary, to have a private moment with God in a public place. I have another example of that in judgment. I mean, I, 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 I've learned the gospel and the power of the gospel by looking at myself. And it have not been easy. It's been hard. Been very hard. And I was um, I was working for Hall's Body Shop, and uh, he had sent me to Lowe's to pick up some stuff. And as I was, it was the old Lowe's. It was many years ago, so there was nothing like it is today. And you had to go through these sliding doors, and and everybody goes pretty much through the same doors. And when I walked up, there was, it was this gentleman down on, her, uh, on his knees, and it was, he was talking about praising God. And everybody was walking through the door. He's right there in front of the door. I'm like, God, I was like, I said it out loud. I said, God, that's why people think we're crazy Christians. He could have went behind the building or something. And I, it just quickly, so quickly, God said, you don't have no idea what I have done for him. And I'm, he said, you have no idea. And when he said that, it just, I mean, I just started shaking. And just turned around and went back to the truck and forgot everything I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and I didn't. I don't know why he was praising God. 
The only thing I could see in my sight, it was out of order. But in God's, it was in order. He was defending it. And see, that's what's happening today. Things don't look right. But look at the opportunity we're getting. Look at the things that's changing. If we wake up and look at that one-eyed devil, what we call the TV. <laughs> and got to be honest with you. They're going to try to control our mind. I'm not saying don't watch it. But make sure you put the right stuff in before you watch it. Put the word in your heart so you will not sin against thee. So we have discernment in what they're saying. We have discernment in what they're doing. For the Lord have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I know who I am. I'm a child of the living God. And you can't take that away from me. By lying and trying to instill fear in my heart. Tell me I'm not worthy based on who I am or the color of my skin. The devil is a liar. Stay in people of God. Know who you are in him. We was wonderful and fearfully made. I think the word is dynamis. Like dynamite. God took his time. It was precious to him. That was a power given. He didn't slap on a leg and put on an ear. <laughs> Come on here, somebody. You know, them things that about you that you don't like, God love. He made them big ears. And he loved them. He said they was good. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Church, it's our time. It's our time. Come on. We got good intentions, people with good intentions leading the point, but don't have a godly heart, don't have the word of God. So one minute they start out, you know, trying to do something together good, next thing you know, buildings is on fire. Christians, we ain't going to be burning down no buildings. Come on, church. We got to start complaining about them. We just got to start complaining about each other. We need to get out in front. Like, hey, you know, put that fire out. Nobody burning nothing here. That's not where we came. We came to bring unity. We're not going to be destroying people's stuff and calling that the right way. Now, I'm going to say something here, Pastor. I believe I'm being led. When you go back and you look at the history of our country, I think for myself, you know, when I look at the things that's happening, I think it have a lot to do with the healing within the heart. And because the heart have not been healed, now we're trying to destroy things that really don't matter at all. I think it's nothing but a reflect, reflection of the heart. The heart is in pain. So now we're trying to fix things on the outside when God's trying to incur things on the inside. I do understand the pain is there. And God wants us to have sympathy and mercy for the pain. But to de destroy the history and think somehow or another they're going to fix it, that's not going to change anything. And if it does come down, I believe those who put it up need to bring it down. Then it will stay there. But sneaking around and destroying it, it's not going to change the situation. That's just my, that's my philosophy of it, but hopefully maybe something in there will benefit the listener. Let's come together. Let's stand together. Let's be the people that we are and not the lie that the enemy want us to live.
And you know, the Bible says something to the younger generation. Say the younger generation shall lead them. Now, look, lead me the right way. Don't be leading me in no foolishness now. We need your help, so you got to get in that word. That word is the lamp unto your feet, the light unto your path. We're counting on you. Get with Jesus. Because you can't lead without him. And the leading in Jesus is following. Follow him. He'll get you through any Jordan that stands before you. In the Red Sea that you can't cross, he'll make a way. We need you. So my sisters and brother, will you stand with me as we close? Brother, can you give me uh, just something real soft? Thank you. Hallelujah. God is good, amen. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Will you pray with me? Lord, as we, we enter into this place together, I pray I have been we'll leave better for coming. That we'll leave with an encouragement, as I've said earlier, fine-tuning of the mercy and grace of God. Oh, my Father, you've been so faithful to us. Lord, how a wonderful God who sit high and look low low with mercy low with love low with forgiveness and God that what we have received freely we are responsible to give my God my God you've been so merciful to me You have saved a wretch like me. And now allow me to stand before your people to give them only what I can give, the simplicity of God. I pray for minds to be strengthened, hearts to be lifted. Hallelujah. That the glory of God will go forth and the mercy of God We'll rest, rest, rest in a way, God, to allow us to see you for who you are and not the lies that the enemy want to create within us. Lord, I also pray for the anointing that will be with us. You said the anointing of God will break the yoke that yoke of man. But also you have indicated to us that's a yoke that you have given. But your yoke is easy. And your burden is light. Again, we thank you for everything you're doing. Again, we don't look no longer as challenges. We see opportunities. So, Father... I have been received with love. I have been received with mercy. And because I have been received, you say, I have the authority to give. I give this blessing to you, pastor, and your congregation. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord uphold you and give you strength through the highways and byways of life. May the Lord be a present help. Through the storm, may you find the peace in the eye of it. 
and the waves breaking over your boat. May you hear his voice saying, peace, be still. May you know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering come becoming like him unto death. We pray all these things in only one name above every name. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Jay, I think, to come down to the Bridge Ministry um, in the fall, I think, is an open house. And um, I was so impressed, uh, not by the ministry. I certainly was impressed by the ministry. But I was impressed by Brother William. And here's what happened. Brother William got up at the end and just began to share from his heart out of humility and uh, just a genuineness of his spirit. And I'm not here to lift up Brother William. He'd be the first one to say, don't do that. I'm here because of lifting up Jesus.
And when I, when I was a part of that open house, I knew then that Brother William needed to come and share with us. Because ministry, beloved, is not the end all. The heart of the man or the woman is the end all. And the heart of the man or the woman that does ministry in life is the one who knows Jesus. And that's what you heard this morning. You heard from a man who knows Jesus, who just wants to lift up Jesus. Um, I tell you, and you know I never talk about money, because I believe that God has no economy problem. I believe that God has no financial issues. He hasn't lost his wallet. He's not done anything like that. He's not forgotten his bank account. Nobody's stolen his social security number. It's not an issue. God will provide for his work. And God has sustained the bridge ministry all these years because of the hearts of the servants. That's what God does. If you want a good place to put God's money, notice I say that purposefully because everything we have belongs to God. If you want a good place to put it, the bridge ministry is a great place for you personally, but it's also a great place for us in ministry as a church to help support. And we'll talk about that more later, but today I'm just encouraged, and I know you're encouraged by how the Lord delivered through the servant today the message that he wanted us to hear. So thank you, Brother William, for coming. I thank you for your time, and let me tell you, this man's life is busy. Um, he has lots of invitations, and, and can I share, Brother William, what you shared with me? That he said to me just a little bit ago, he said, I get a lot of invitations that I, I don't go to, but I felt like God wanted me to come here. And so, uh, praise the Lord for that. Our hope and our purpose is always to just glorify the name of the Lord. And so, um, let's do what we heard the Spirit saying to us. Let's be the voice. Let's be the heart of Jesus. Let's reflect him. Hope you're listening. That was powerful. Thank you, Brother William. Thank you, Brother Jay, for coming, for orchestrating all of this. I appreciate that very much. Um, let us close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the power of your spoken and written word. When we put our hope in everything that man does, we know that there will be only one end, and that will be total failure. But Lord, when we put our hope in what you have said and what you have done, we know that there will be always victory. And so let us today, Father, renew our hearts to you. Help us to go from this place and to be reflections of your glory, to be reflections of you. Thank you for your servant this morning that came and delivered what you wanted him to deliver. Lord, we have received it, we've heard it, and now we pray that you put it deep in our hearts that we would never forget that the true life in this world is walking with Christ, knowing him. So we pray that you'd bless us as we continue to do our best to serve you, that you'd help us to maneuver through the turns and the twists and the things that come. Lord, help us to keep our eyes focused always on Christ and not get lost in all the things that we hear and see. And certainly let fear be pushed away from us. Thank you for this day, Lord. And we pray that you have been honored and your name has been lifted up. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Lord's blessings to you.